Hey guys and welcome to this week's episode. This week I am joined by the lovely Hayley Barr. She is founder of the Intuitive Design Sessions and Hayley and I went to university together. We were not in the same year but we were in similar friendship groups and someone that I've followed on Instagram for a while now and she is doing some incredible things. Um, it's absolutely like so wonderful to see people leave university and then crack on with life and dive into all their purpose and passion and I'm not going to say any more. I want Hayley to talk a little bit about our business and what she does and how incredible she is. So Hayley, on you go and introduce yourself to the listeners. Um, thank you very much, Claire. So that introduction was very kind and yes, correct. We did go to university together and, and that's probably where my journey began. I was very, very interested in sport, health and fitness and my degree was PE teaching so followed the passion of being a PE teacher and that actually opened up so many doors for me so I am a teacher but I am also a, a leadership coach and uh, I also take part in quite a lot of health and fitness programs and events and sessions in my spare time that I have left so very very busy but love what I'm doing. Yes I love the fact that you just snuck in there spare time that I have left we are definitely <laughs> going to be diving into that in a minute or two because time is like one of my favorite topics um okay so before we do get cracking you'll probably know because you've heard the podcast the quick fire five questions that I'm going to ask you we're going to try not to go off on a tangent but we always do um so five questions are you ready yes okay where are you from Little place called Bigger, ironically. Bigger. <laughs> Where about is Bigger? Bigger's in South Lanarkshire. Oh, so, is it? Okay, yeah, I've seen the... I've seen from Edinburgh and Glasgow, right in the middle. I've seen the, the sign on, like, the M8 thing, I feel like. I've yep. seen a, a thing for Bigger. There we go. I'm like, I've seen that. Where is that? <laughs> okay. <I do. laughs> What's your favourite type of exercise? At the minute, I am loving yoga and have joined a hot yoga studio which I just can't get enough of. Nice. Little yogi. Yeah. <laughs> what one food could you not live without? This is my favourite question. I'm so glad you asked me this. Salt and vinegar discos. Oh my gosh, retro. They I love them. Hangover cure. I cannot do without them. <laughs> that they are a saviour. Once they are eating, we're moving on. <laughs> I love that. I know the, the girls back home, they're all about so many are squares. Yeah. And like squares, discos, it's, for me, it's a kind of toss up between the two. Like I couldn't decide between either. So the fact that you've said disco, I'm like, oh, it's a circle rather than a square. <laughs> Basically the same. Yeah. Um, what is your secret superpower? This one I had to think about, but... Um, the first thing that just jumped out was intuition and quite quite overwhelming sometimes the intuition that I feel towards people or a situation in the way that I would deal with it or the reaction that is required um, and I think that's come from my experience working in different countries and situations where all you've got is your intuition and just trust nice. it. I like that a lot I've not heard that one yet um, we're going to have to dive into that some more as well, for sure. Um, what one thing makes you happy? Oh, 
got to be it's got to be family and friends like that's the only thing that in its rawest form just you can't eat and I just love spending time with the people that love you just as much and I think so many people would say oh there's lots of other things but when it comes to the core that's basically it family and friends love it okay gal so for those that are listening that's a quick brief overview of the quick fire and what Haley likes um now we're going to jump into where your background started um so i will obviously you said kind of at university doing PE teaching that kind of started your journey um i know you went traveling so talk to us a little bit about where intuitive design sessions has come from you know why we started it up and yeah go from there so the the whole concept of it was started actually abroad while, while, while I was traveling. So I took some time um, to have a think about um, basically what I wanted from my career. And I was really lucky to be granted a two year career break. And in that two year career break, I wanted to travel to a few different countries, but myself and uh, my boyfriend had decided that it was something that personally we wanted to do, but equally professionally, we wanted to have a bit of a look at what was possible so took seven months and traveled all the way from south america all the way down through south america to patagonia to africa madagascar india sri lanka and in new zealand and that was that was only six months and um, so that was all off the back of saving for two years and cutting down our budget and going to like off-peak gym memberships and food budgets you name it we just sliced it did the bare minimum and saved every penny we had so that we didn't have to work for that entire time we traveled we then had planned to have jobs in australia which we did and those jobs only really lasted us about six months before we thought no this is not quite what we imagined and um, the rat race in Australia just meant that we, I think we're in the wrong job. So my partner was in a corporate job. I was in a casual teaching job that was just basically sick leave cover. Um, no purpose, no passion, no, no real connections with people. And we just thought, sack this, made a to-do list. What do we want out of this? Did a pros and cons list. And the cons way out, way outweighed the pros. And we thought, let's do something else. So I applied for a job in New Zealand and we flew over to New Zealand with one job between us. And nice. that was really where it all began. So the whole journey of, of getting to New Zealand wasn't planned. Uh, it was just on the back of thinking we want something else out of this and this is not giving it to us. So I absolutely love <laughs> like first up the saving like that alone it just goes to show that anything you can achieve like if you if you do lower your standard of living and you know live within means that are still good human means like of course you said like you you got a budget gym membership but you still had a gym membership right (laughs) it wasn't like you were living on rice and beans and you know running marathons to try and get some form of exercise um, so yeah that's it I think that for the listeners alone is like really inspirational do you remember like obviously as a couple like um were, were you living in Glasgow at the time or 
we were in Aberdeen and we were actually traveling back to Aberdeen one weekend and we just were driving in the car and we just were like, should we just do it? And we were like, yeah. We both had just um just that real true vision of that's yes what we want to do. And we just went home and sort sorted out some dates and sorted out how long we wanted to save for and then um, had a target. We, we exceeded the target and just thought you know, it's actually really possible when you set your mind to it. When you go all in on something and that's the power of that there, like you were both all in on the same vision and it's not like you saved in two months. Like that was a long-term plan. That was a long-term result yeah. to get that money behind you. And yeah. I wonder how many people listening would save for that length of time to travel. Yes. And, and at the time, it was very out there in terms of what other people were doing with their time and their savings. So we were bucking the trend. Um, we knew it was something we wanted to do. And we kind of had, we had the confidence that what was going to happen was going to happen in terms of where we were going to be afterwards. But I always saw it as an asset, the traveling and the saving. Because once you do that one cycle of saving, we're in our third cycle of saving. And now this time it's going to be for a house yeah and um, we've done it twice before and um, for other things and actually it becomes part of your life and it becomes something you do so when we got to new zealand we started the cycle again of saving and um, with the image of coming home and having some money to come home to equally at the same time we got jobs that were slightly different i got a job in a school that was teaching health as a subject which you don't get here in scotland yeah um and then um my boyfriend got a job in a social enterprise, which again for him is a big shift for from working in, in corporate environments as well. And then that then led to everything else that happened afterwards. So getting your yourself in the right environment and the right job was so important and so key to what, what happened next. It's so like there's so much power in what you're saying right now and so many people don't they're they're stuck in a job that they dislike or they're stuck in a job that they don't see potential and like they wouldn't have the the, the balls dare I say of you know you guys were in Australia and you were like this is not for us and you're drawing up pros and cons lists I wonder how many people draw up pros and cons lists the cons outweigh the pros and yet they continue to do it or they start finding pros that aren't actual pros but they want to make the pros look more successful. So big up the pros side and they're like, oh yeah, this is actually really good for me. When in actual yep. fact, they've wrote the same pro five times in a row. They've just worded it different. Yeah, or something like free coffee at work. Like, no, forget that. That's, <laughs> <laughs> That's not a pro, right? It's really got to impact your life and it's really got to be powerful. Okay, and what sort of stuff was on your pros and cons? Do you remember like the emotional state you were in at the time for waking yep. up? Yep, and, and if we're honest, uh, mental health was on there. So my first ex that was my first experience of genuinely um, feeling some real lows that I'd never felt before. Um, so what I'd done on the, on the lead up to Australia was write a travel blog for friends and family to follow our, our travels. And when I got to Australia, it turned into a bit more of a traveling teacher blog. So I, I talked about all the schools that I was going to and how teaching very different over there and really not the perspective that you have um, from the outside. And then it turned into a bit more of a well-being blog because I was experiencing this real um, 
real low, but also real dissatisfaction of my job and no purpose in my job and no vision and, and really just going through the motions of clocking in and clocking out. And that's just not me and not how I live my life. And I was doing yoga. I was eating healthy. I was going on runs. I was doing everything that you would do physically to your physical body to try and improve how you were feeling. But there was just no spark in terms of my work and my job and how I was, you know, how I was interacting with people. It It was just totally flat and and it really impacted me to the point that that I suffered the physical symptoms of stress so my skin broke out and I've never had any sort of um, issues with my skin I had um, I want to say increased heightened awareness of, of of other people's reactions which really meant that I felt even stronger sadness or happiness I went real yeah. up and down to my mood and it got to the point where I was going to sleep at night and my body was physically shaking in, in stress, um, unable to, to fall asleep because yeah. my body was reacting to, to this environment, which was just not the environment I was used to. And, and um, it highlighted to me that, yes, you do have control over certain things, but there are some things if you need to change them, your body's going to tell you. And mine, yeah. mine did. Um so that was the the cons was certainly the mental health aspects and the health aspects and even our relationship you know like we depended solely on each other we had no family so our relationship was you know we had to be really strong and when both members of that relationship are not healthy you can't be strong with the other person so yeah we had real real honest conversations about how that was impacting our life and and our enjoyment at the time of, of what we were doing and just wasn't worth it it really wasn't worth it it's there's so much there to be said about your environment and if on paper you're doing the things that that are promoted you know physical from a physical health perspective eat well train well yeah try to get sleep do all these things but we don't actually often discuss it's the thought processes that are constantly being played on with the environments that we're in and the daily schedules that we live in and so many of us believe that we're trapped in these cycles and we're trapped in these you know schedules and as much as I can laugh and joke about pros and cons and people creating pros and putting them on a list it's a really true really real thing because at the end of the day when the cons outweigh the pros there's that fear element that kicks in and so many people I've seen it are not able to address the fears and not able to address the what can I actually do to change yeah. because so what, people yeah. don't know the answers absolutely and the answers are not going to be there so when you're scared the answers are the furthest thing from your mind all you're doing is trying to keep the fear at bay so all you're doing is thinking about the things that are familiar so the fear is familiar my job is familiar um, I fear within that not being successful um, but also below this pros and cons we also wrote what the next step was so I had the pros and the cons and then we even wrote pros and cons for the next step so the next step was New Zealand and we wrote pros and cons for there so if you can directly see your pros and cons list for where you are and then your pros and cons list below that from where you want to go we then saw that New Zealand pros I mean were it was incredible it was more than double outweighed the cons of going to New Zealand so we were like it's on there on paper we're not going to argue with it let's just let's just do it (laughs) 
Okay, so I want to ask you then, obviously, coming from he was corporate, you're teaching, you obviously understand about writing lists and pros and cons and stuff, but where did that come from to do pros and cons lists? Because people are probably listening and like, I mean, people joke about pros and cons lists, but to actually take it seriously and take it to that extreme of whatever these lists say we're doing, like, how did you decide that was the right thing to do? Um, it's so funny you asked that. I've never been asked that, like, where did you get that from? But I know the answer straight away. So I went into my mum's room one night and said something about, I just can't decide whether to go, I think it was on a course or a, or a like I did gymnastics when I was really young. I think it was a gymnastic course or a um, athletics course for my Easter holidays, right? And this is when I was in school. So I'm like young. I'm thinking about my Easter holidays. Um, and I love gymnastics also I think all my friends were going to the athletics one my mum said well you can go to one write a pros and cons list you know they're both in the same week and that's what I did and then there was a few other things about picking subjects later on when I was in you know fifth and sixth year of high school make a pros and cons list about what subjects you want to make and then I did it again before um, I applied for my very first overseas trip which was to Zambia to be a volunteer and every time when it's in black and white you look at it the decision is important. It's there. I actually love that like that's been something that's been installed in you since you were a child and (laughs) it's but the thing is at that point in your life when you were in Australia I imagine it was pretty dark and it was pretty horrible and for you to look at a pros and cons list and that alone to help start to pull you out, like that's pretty massive. Um, mm-hmm. And something as simple as that in a time of need can be so, so powerful if it is installed within you to, to really look at things and whatever that list says is what you're going to do. And luckily you guys had the cons outweigh the pros and you did make that decision. So yeah, I love it. That is so, so cool. Okay, so before we digress any more into pros and cons lists and anything else, because there's so much of what you're saying that I want to unpick, well, we've not even started to talk about where your business came from, really in terms of once you got to New Zealand and how your purpose, purpose and passion aligned and you obviously came up with intuitive design sessions. So take me through the kind of more present shifts into creating the business so the business was born um, because of my own personal experience of going through an eight-week transformational coaching course yeah and this was in Auckland in New Zealand so I was really lucky that um, a coach was starting up her own business and she needed eight attendees and I um, was given her business card from a networking event and we just every week made a really conscious effort to go to a networking event that was um, of interest, got the business card, emailed her. She thought I, I was I was a troll and that I was just winding her up because it was only her friends that had signed up for this. And she was like, who is this mad Scottish bird? <laughs> Join my course, like how has she found me? So she called me to just check who I was. So I went along and yes, it was all of her friends and she was a corporate lawyer. So in the room were lots of lawyers and me and I thought to myself, how did I ever have anything in common with these people? But when it boils down to it and after the first session, everybody was obviously 
got to know each other but it just shows that mindset knows no barriers in terms of there's no bias there's um the mindset that you have is the mindset you have regardless of the job you do who you are what your background is everybody goes through the same things and we found such common ground within that group which was for me a table of strangers and a table of people who I would never spend any time with um being surrounded by teachers most of the time um that was that was it that was I thought this is cool this is what I want to do this is something that really lights me up I would love to be sitting at the head of the table doing this for other people yes I love that it came so clearly in a split moment like after you've spent all this time traveling and trying to figure out what you're doing and then it's almost like a this is it like this is the calling um and when you think about it on the flip side like yeah you were one Scottish girl who randomly walked in like to me that is an absolute sign that you were meant to be there and that is something really powerful that's pulled you in whether you believe whatever you believe like there's a reason that you got that card and that you turned up at that event when there was no other stranger really there and that in itself is massive um, and yeah everything happens for a reason right so some of the stuff that's obviously led you to that point is hard and as difficult and as stressful as it was on your body it put you in a room where you were then able to figure out who you are and who you're meant to be totally totally and I think as well like doing that course I thought about how all of the skills I have as a teacher you know I'm a teacher through and through like I, I like I truly believe that 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 is that's what I'm here to do but I always thought it was going to be in a classroom sense I never actually thought of how the skills that I have as a teacher directly linked to facilitating a group of people towards a direction whatever that direction may be um, and I don't have to go through that training of being a facilitator I don't need to go through the training of learning how different learning styles work for people that's already embedded in me and I've already practiced that day in day out I just need to know my content and that takes off so much pressure when I walk into a room to lead people and I just think when you're on the other side and you've been in a different job and then you become a coach you have to learn how to become a teacher and make people feel comfortable and and help their you know help their needs and that is second nature to me so that was quite um that was quite empowering I was, I was I was really um excited about the fact that I can just literally flip that around and, and deliver something within a matter of weeks um and that was yeah that really like it's helped a good me. feeling yeah yeah it's a good confidence feeling and it's yeah it is that sim simplicity okay be becoming a teacher is not simple I'm just going to highlight that like I've not done it for very you know for a reason but it is like you were forced in to be a teacher so it really simplifies everything else yeah. um which is yeah a lot of people probably wouldn't look at that they'd be like but I'm a teacher I can't digress from I teach PE or yeah. I teach English and yeah I'm interested in that but that's a whole other skill when yeah. you've actually said it's not because you've already got those skills embedded in you and those skills are so transferable into whatever you do in life. Okay, so what um, are the sessions? What are the sessions you run? What are they about? What do you hope to inspire, empower, gain even from them? Okay, love that question. So um, Intuitive Designs is all about community-based work. So it's a community-based organization that uses 
personal leadership for positive change, full stop. So you can lead yourself, and if you can lead yourself um, in a positive way, you can then purposefully lead others or help your community change because you are that beacon of hope or that 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 person who holds um, that sort of inspirational role model within your community. So I want people to be able to really look at what it is they have themselves and know that everything you've got is enough and just take stock on what you've got. And my sessions are all about looking inwards to then serve outwards in the best way possible. Nice. So you've kind of answered it, but I'm just going to reiterate for the guys listening. Who are the sessions for? So the sessions are for, in my community sessions, they are for literally from zero to 90. And in one of my community sessions, I actually had my grandmother, who is in her 80s. Um, and in that session, there was the, the youngest participant was probably 20. I've done sessions with young kids. Um, and it totally depends on the structure of, of the workshop. So I've got one coming up that is for young people who are wanting to start up and think about their health and well-being. So that's going to be people in their 20s and 30s. But equally, um, I've worked in organisations where it's colleagues um, or friends of mine who are a broad range of, of ages. So the age range doesn't really matter. It's more about being specific to, to the actual workshop and the purpose of, of the workshop itself. And what about it fulfills you? I just love those light bulb moments that people get. I just yeah. love it. And people, you know, when you see people going into the back of their head and thinking about something you've just said and then looking at you and looking back at the back of their head again and going, that makes so much sense. Yes, it's such a good moment. Just love it. Have you had moments like that in your life? Oh, yes. Yeah. So when I first did my... <laughs> and there was like things that people there was one guy in, in a leadership course that was doing in Auckland who talked about our primal instincts and how all of our primal chemicals of cortisol and oxytocin and serotonin and dopamine all interact and I had never been taught that and he went way back to the caveman days and explained every single one of those chemicals and how it has an impact on our body and why we react the way we react and I was just looking at him thinking <laughs> My, I've got it. I've got it. I understand that it. it was incredible. So it is. those moments and other people is what I really thrive off of and get a lot of energy from. I love it. I really do love it. I, uh, I've seen you've got your event coming up soon. So where is your event that's coming up soon and what's all about? I've seen you've been launching some mentors and so what's happening right now with everything? So what's happening right now is uh, we've been trying to build up a bit of a community in Glasgow. So this event is in Glasgow in January on the 11th and 12th of January. And it is for anyone who wants to start off 2020 with a completely fresh slate or make their passion really happen. They want to take, they want to take action. So um, it's to kickstart health, it's to kickstart an idea, it's to kickstart a passion. Um, I've got some friends coming along who are going traveling and going from nine to five work to traveling is a totally different change in their life. Um, I've got other friends who started up their own health and wellbeing businesses or another couple of people who are just want to come and just get a fresh start. 2020 is a new decade. Let's smash it. Start it with a group of people around the table who are all like-minded. They're going to be our cheerleaders who are going to egg us on, but equally the mentors are there 
to challenge and help you engage you along that way over over two days nice it sounds like it's going to be an amazing event i uh, i definitely need to keep my eyes on it and watch it you are doing some incredible incredible things and i suppose that's going to lead me nicely back to time because you obviously said at the start you do it all in your spare time so you are still a teacher and you still have dare we call it a real job but you are you are a real human you have bills to pay um, yes, we know you're incredible at saving, and I think everyone's probably going to be messaging you now for like top saving tips on how to like budget because you sound like an absolute pro at it. Um, she's not in finance, folks, but, <laughs> but luckily know. my partner is, so that's that's really yeah. helpful. Yeah, he's I can't tell sheet to save my life. <laughs> <laughs> he's all about the balance sheet, um, but yeah, you talk to us like. What does a day look like for you and what keeps you going? Okay, so I'm just going to do today because that's where we're at. So most, and this is also how real it is, so most Tuesdays I go into work early and I go to the gym at work. So I'm really lucky I've got a gym at work and I smash out, usually a superset, and I jump into the department absolutely ready to go, full of energy so that I've energised myself, but equally I've had my workout today, I've had my breakfast, had my shower and then I'm a good high level of energy to teach the kids. I teach the kids all day and then come home and usually tonight what I did is because I had quite a lot to do I make a time schedule so I come home so I came home at um, about 4 30 and I just had a wee bit of chill out time and then I wrote myself out a time schedule and there's no point writing a to-do list unless you put a timestamp next to it. Thank you, amen. Because every single thing you do requires uh, an amount of time. An so amount of time, yeah. I came home yeah. and I did yoga. So I scheduled in 20 minutes of yoga um, that was just for me to de-school. So if any teachers out there listening, you know when you come home, you're still in school mode. So you need to do something that, that takes a transition from the school day back to you, back to being you in your day, because you are effectively on like you're putting on a show when you're teaching, you're, you know, you've you're got on the teacher hat. So you need to do something that removes the hat and just brings you back down to air frequency, back down to adult level. So yoga was my one today. Um, and then I did a little bit of social media work for 20 minutes, put my tea on, did a wee bit of cleaning up, tidying up, just bits and bobs. So that was going, had my dinner. And then did a little bit of homework for you, Claire, for the podcast. Yes. 20 minutes of that. Um, and then just had some downtime before we chatted, just so that it wasn't 100 miles an hour. But that, if I'm perfectly honest, is my bigger struggle, is the mind switching off. Because you come home from the school day, yes, you do school, but then I obviously have my other stuff going on. So I generally do go to sleep pretty good and, you know, pretty fulfilled from the day because my to-do list realistic in terms of what things I can do in the time and I don't get overwhelmed with having to do having to plan too much and then not getting it done yeah uh, I'm quite strict with that so I used to have a three three to-do list sort of mantra so I was like three things in my to-do list once all three were done I could put another three on yes and then once I got into routine of that I could trust myself to put more than three on <laughs> I love it. I do love it. I, uh, I'm i a big fan of the time thing on your to-do list. 
I'm all about the you've only got 100% of time in a day. So if you've got 100% of time in a day and you're sleeping this percentage and you've got you owe someone else these hours and, you know, really breaking that down with clients and, yeah, breaking it into minutes and sections. And people always think I'm mad when I write, like, a to-do list of 20 things. and But I'm like, if you look at the allocated time next to everything, like, I can yeah. have those 20 things because those 20 things will actually only take me three hours if I'm productive with my time. Um, and I do think it is one of the most impactful things that I've learned to do to, to manage my own time. And I think it's a massive thing as well when I'm coaching clients and they almost have that light bulb moment we were talking about when they like factor out all the time in their day and they're like, oh, I've actually, I've still got like seven hours of free time. And I'm like, exactly my point. And that's where you can binge watch Netflix if you really want. But let's get all the other stuff done first and create yeah create some momentum so obviously you said there about you kind of get up early you go try and train before the kids and you've got that full jam-packed busy day you then come home you split your day you've got your own stuff going on for business um how much time do you reckon you spend in a week on your business been a lot lately and i'm not gonna lie um, yeah. So when and you would have felt this, I guess, at the start when you're when you're starting out, you're on your own, and you're on your own because you have the vision, you have the passion, you have the purpose. You can't always explain it to people, but you know exactly what you want. So you're grinding away. So I'm writing a blog uh, or I'm posting stuff on social media. You're at the same time you're educating the people who who you want to be your clients effectively. So you're educating people about what mindset is, what the self-leadership is, what how it's important to look after the self and um, look at your personal values. And you need to educate people. And I've learned to be patient with that because at the minute I'm spending up to four hours an evening, sometimes five, on content, just yeah. grinding out stuff so that people can watch and look. And that's, that's good for me because I, I can see what people are interacting with, what catches people at people's eyes what um what I guess if they find a you know a, a relative a relative relationship with um but equally you do have to think well when's too much you know when when is my time not actually boosting my business so the the most important thing is when I'm when I'm doing something it has to have a purpose so it ha- if I'm posting something it has to be linked to to a workshop I'm doing or it has to be linked to a a blog post I've written or if I'm doing preparation work that preparation work is for a workshop I'm physically going to be doing with people so I work with an organization once a month and I'm their leadership coach and I go in for two hours um, once a month to work with them I'll do maybe an hour's work of preparation just to make sure that I'm tip top and ready to yeah. deliver when I go in so that I can be as natural as possible and I'm not flicking through papers as I'm coaching them I'm there and I'm present and I I'm, I'm know all their names I know what they're working on I hope that as I gain momentum more people will be able to spread the message of what I'm doing and even speaking to you and speaking to family members or friends they then spread that for you but you have to do the gra- hard graft at the start I think I think it just I have to accept that's what it what it requires it, it is like it is the graft and it is the grind and I'm not picking on you here but I'm going to tell you to don't say think and don't say hope so you said you think and then you hope it picks up just say yep you know it will and you believe it will work because it is changing people's lives and it is like it is massively changing people's lives and you really do need to 
believe that and yeah get rid of things and hopes they don't exist things and hopes don't exist in our language they're not for us um it is so amazing the work you're doing and i love how real and down to earth you are and how real you are like you are just a teacher who's got a bigger purpose and a bigger passion and is doing what you can to make that work and um, do you feel like that's coming a little bit at cost of social life do you feel like that's a sacrifice or do you feel like no it's actually worth it and it's, it's what you should be doing right now I think you can choose what you sacrifice so we don't have we don't we don't own a television right so I do not have a television to turn on in my living room so I'm sacrificing watching the 10 o'clock news or whatever it may be on the television um, I'm sacrificing potentially you know, during the week, not very much because I always, like I'm working out or we always cook healthy meals and we always make sure we've got like a few nights together. Weekends, I'm offline. I am, there is no possible way that if there is a social event happening that I would be doing work instead because like I said, the very first question you asked me, one thing that makes me happy is friends and family. If I didn't do that, then all of this would be completely pointless because I'd just be unhappy and no use to anybody so that's what I, I try to practice what I preach it's really difficult when you maybe don't feel like practicing what you preach um and but the one thing that I do do is prioritize friends and family so that will always always come first um, and I do a bit I do lecturing as well so I lecture a day a week um at Stirling Uni where we both went and I say to the students if they want to get in contact with me on that day then they can get in contact with me on that day, any other day of the week. I'm uncontactable because that day of the week is when I'm theirs and I I can admit to that, that's fine. But I'm other people's person the rest yeah. of the week. You've got good boundaries. You've got yeah. good boundaries and that's it's so important to, to know your boundaries in business and know that, yeah, your, your success is based on the boundaries you hold. Let's face it, you don't want to, be overworked you don't want to burn out you don't want to get into that negative mindset you also need to know you know if you've only got 10 hours in a week to focus on something that you have to get it done within those 10 hours um and I do think you know a lot of people say yeah you can work smart or you can work hard or you can work smart and hard um and I don't know where you sit on that but it, it sounds like you're very much working smart and hard and still able to have a life which there's a lot of people I think listening that will be working a nine till five or eight till seven, dare I say, um, and they'll be struggling to find that time to train and find that time to look after themselves. And then what I often find as well is that people then use the excuse of I've been working for 10, 11 hours. So they then write themselves off at the other end and they go on big extreme whatever's at the weekend and lose a couple of days because they deserve it and I don't know where do you sit on that you know pleasure and work and purpose yeah. and where do you sit on it all I think when you get I think when you get your first job and you you know you get your first sort of nine to five or, or whatever it may be you work hard and play hard so you just go hard on both and you you know you're either an entry-level graduate or you're on a trainee program or like me you were a 
a brand new teacher so you're just doing your first year teaching and you would give it your all and my background on my phone was um something along the lines of work so hard that they can't ignore you so I was like I just want to be seen and I want to be the best and I want to be competitive and I want senior management to notice me and I gave it my all and I worked so hard and I and I lived with two other girls who were teachers and they always used to phone me and say like have you crashed like how are you not home and it'd be like nine o'clock at night and you know I would I would just like well this is what you do this is what you do you you, you do nine to five plus the extra hours to get you noticed but little did I realize that that was a very very quick um one-way road to burnout I hit burnout four years into my teaching and um that was huge for me because again I was suffering the physical symptoms of it but I didn't know what it was. I just thought it was because I was tired, because I was working so hard. So it was almost like a reward. Like, I need to feel this tired because everybody else around me is working hard. So therefore, if everybody else is working hard and we all feel like this, then we're doing a good job. Yeah. I was surrounded by you know, people who were working so hard that they were ill, and as was I. So um, nobody, nobody was challenging us and nobody was saying, you need to look after yourself. And it was not until we actually left to go traveling I walked out of my school and I felt a weight lift off of my shoulders that I didn't know was there. And I, it, was, it was a genuine physical feeling of, of, of a weight lifting off my shoulders. And I thought, I did that to myself. Um, and you can become addicted and you can become obsessed with doing the best job you can. But when you work in a public service industry or with kids or with people even, you want to serve them to your best ability, but you forget to serve yourself. So um, that was huge for me to, to feel that weight lift off and know that, that was, I'd put all, put all that on myself. Um, and I think in your early years of working, you do as much as you can, but you do so much that you put yourself, you put yourself in the they'll do everything box. So they'll yeah. say yes to everything. And, and it's that's so true. It's so true and it's so, it's sadly so common. You, like people always say, oh, you know, youngsters these days, they don't know how to work hard. And I hear it all the time and I'm like, ah, oh. but it's almost like there is a generation of us and there is a, a good amount of us that actually we don't know how to not work hard. And there's a, there's a good split between, you know, those that can't be bothered working and those that would eat, sleep and breathe work. And I think you and I definitely fall into that category of people please are pick me. I'm the best person in the world at this job. And if you need me to jump, I'll jump twice as high. Um, and there's so many people out there who I think do are like us and do follow that pattern. And I suppose, it, I wonder, is that where your, your business is obviously linking in then with trying to help people? Yeah. So, so um, my, my first ever workshop was in avoiding burnout and stress management. Yeah. I just, that's entry level. People can relate to that. Let's get in there. And I did it at home at my parents' house with 16 of my mum's friends and family. And we just, we just talked about it and walked through what I made up as called, I made this thing up called the stress ladder and we walked from one to ten and talked about what's one out of ten for stress what's five out of ten what's ten out of ten and in the middle of it my sister went well do men experience stress like this and I said I don't know I said well I could just do a workshop and find out so then the next two weeks passed and I 
did a workshop called Boys Beer and Banter. So I gave my dad and all of his pals who are electricians and builders and uh, farmers and have never been to a personal development workshop in their life. I gave 20 minutes of beers just to chat. And then I did a personal development workshop with them. With nice. And they talked about stress and they talked about how being on holiday in your car not working is one out of 10. But, you know, somebody dying in your family is a nine out of 10. But what the big important thing for me was the was the fact that they were talking about it and yeah so um a lot of people who get burnt out do it well they, they, they are burnt out and they protect themselves from admitting that there's anything wrong and they almost use it as a bit of a a gloat so oh i'm so tired i've worked so many hours this week and you know you've heard people saying oh do you want a medal for that but really what it is is, it is a bit of a call for help but it's been turned into something different. Yes. Uh, so it was so eye-opening and it was so interesting. And I just think that these avoiding burnout workshops that I've done have been so relatable for everyone in them because everybody um, experiences stress in it in a different way, but in similar situations. Um, and the, the guys one was really important for me as well because a lot of them said they would not ask for help even if they were nine out of 10 stressed. They would wait until they're at crisis point before they would ask for help. Whereas the females, we're, we're going to call each other, you know, at three or four out of 10, say you'll not believe the day I had, and they blow off that steam. So even from a mental health perspective, these workshops are amazing in terms of people just speaking about what makes them tick and what burns them out or what stresses them. It's so massive. And I actually love, 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 like, Oh, you're so good, and I just so proud. I don't even know why. I just feel so proud right now. I'm like, look at her. Um, but it is just so true. And if you are getting people to open up and talk about these things, it's it's just about changing one life. Do you know? It's not about changing the masses. It's about changing one life at a time and helping one person at a time, as you said, spread that to their community and. If that one person helps one other person, slowly and slowly we're starting to create a ripple effect that is positive change um, and starting to open people's eyes to the realities and the pressures around them, which is massive. Um, I think we're about to wrap up. So before we do start wrapping it up, is there anything else you want to talk about or dive into or anything you feel like I've missed? No, I think I think we've done a good wee journey Claire I think we've gone through all the ins and outs and ups and downs I think it's been it's been good it's been a good it's been a ride I think the listeners are going to take so much away from this I really think the the message you have is very empowering and is really going to create such serious positive change and um, so if people do want to get in touch with you how are they going to do that and um, so I'm on Instagram so I'm sessions um with hp so it's sessions under dash with under dash hp and the same on facebook so sessions with hp and then if you want to have a look at my blog it's on wordpress and it's intuitive design sessions um and on the on my instagram and um, there's also the link to eventbrite of the new uh, up and coming startup weekend for january 
Amazing. Okay. So it's at this point, I kind of put you on the spot because we didn't talk about this, but you have listened to the podcast before. So we'll see yes. if you know, we'll see if you know what's coming. Um, someone listened to this, they're listening to it at seven o'clock in the morning. They're listening to it on their lunch break, whenever, wherever they're listening to it today. The next thing you say is going to be the last thing they hear going out into their day. What message would you give someone to go and have whatever kind of day you want them to have? Um, I'm going to say what my very first head teacher told me when I was my first job. And he said, you look after the small things and the big things happen themselves. You look after yourself, you look after your nutrition, you look after the people around you, all those little small things. Smile at somebody, you know, hold a door, whatever it may be. All those small things will amount to the big things that are meant for you. And that's been true as far as I I think anyone listening to this will 100% agree that that is your message and it screams loud and true. Like, look after the small things and look, you know, what you're doing, where you've ended up. And thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for sharing your story, for sharing your business, for sharing some of your ideas. And guys, please do check out Hayley. Um, you need to have her in your lives and you definitely need to get yourselves along to that event if you can make the time in January. Honey, thank you so, so much. And well, you, I really appreciate you having me on. It's been fun. Okay. Yes, thank you so much. <laughs>